Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. Friends, uh, today is a wonderful, wonderful day. And one of the things that makes today so wonderful is we have someone very special with us, uh, Tom Baker, uh, who's been our drummer for years, had a major health event a, a while back, and he's able to be with us today. Tom's in the back. Tom, will you st- wave and stand up so we can greet you? We're so thankful for you and thrilled to be able to worship with you in person again. Uh, today, we're talking again about why church. And what, when we talk about why church, we talk about the church's mission to share Christ, serve others, grow in faith. And we're talking today about growing in faith and character, how our character gets formed. And have you ever been in a situation that you weren't expecting to be in? And you leave that situation, you go, oh, I just wish I'd said this instead of that. Oh, I just wish I'd said or I'd acted this way instead of that way. And you thought to yourself, if I just had seen this coming, if I just could have known and could have thought about this for a time, I, I would have been different. I had a situation like that recently. A church member came to tell me something and uh, they, they were telling me something that, that I, I disagreed rather strongly with. And as they were telling me this, I could tell not from what I was saying, uh, but, and, and it wasn't a big like issue, it was just a, a, a disagreement, might have been over college football, not sure. Um, but they could tell by my uh, expression that I disagreed strongly. And that they said something to me about it, and I thought to myself, oh, if I just if I just could have communicated a little differently in that moment, that wasn't what I meant to communicate to him, but it was kind of what was going on inside. When you have those moments where you step back and you say, I wish I'd done that differently, that's character, right? That's who you are. You don't have time to figure it out and act exactly right. It reveals your character and who you are. And it's not that I wish I'd been a little more patient in that moment, It's that I wish I were a more patient person. It's that I wish I were a more accepting person. It shows me how far I have to go and how much I have to work on. When you have those times, that's that's what we call character. And in the church, as we, we look at the character of Christ and we say, how can we become like that? And the, one of the only ways we really know the true character of Christ is through studying the scriptures. So I want to encourage you, as, as we're, today we're going to talk about how character is formed, how the character of Christ is formed in us. It's very hard for that to be done without the daily immersion in scripture and in prayer. So we encourage you, we have a Bible reading plan for October and November. It goes right along with all this. You can get it at the Information Center. You can get it at concordunited.org Bible. You can also find there a daily devotional on email or podcast that's going to help you think about the scripture and pray and would really encourage you to be involved in that. Well, as we look at how this character gets formed within us, 
I'm reminded of a time early in my life. And uh, back when I was growing up, now I know this totally is not the case today, right? Uh, this, this is not something parents worry about today. But when I was growing up, parents worried about their kids spending too much time playing video games, right? And when I was growing up, the big video game system was the Atari. And people loved the Atari. And my mother refused to allow us to have an Atari. So I had to go to my cousin's house to play Atari. And then as I got a little older, there was this new thing. And it, I mean, this was a major moment in world history. It's called the Nintendo Entertainment System. And the Nintendo Entertainment System came out. And all my friends had Nintendo Entertainment Systems. And I did not have a Nintendo Entertainment System. And I went, when I went over to their house, I lost very badly when we would play video games because I couldn't go practice at home. And I asked my mom for a Nintendo Entertainment System. And uh, she, no dice. And I'm convinced that she even erased it off my Christmas wish list that went to grandma. Right? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I just wasn't getting anywhere. So I finally said, hey, mom, if I save up the money myself, can I buy a Nintendo Entertainment System? She said, if you save it yourself. So I worked, and after about six months, I went to the old East Town Mall to Sears, and I bought the Nintendo Entertainment System for $81.99, plus tax. I was surprised how much tax was at the, at the time. Well, there was this thing I, I, I like to play it and I was in my room one day and my mother popped in she said hey I'm going to run out to the grocery store now your room hasn't been cleaned yet will you please turn that off clean your room and once you've got it clean you can play some more if you want until I get back sure mom no problem turn it off start cleaning get about halfway done and think I'll just play another game and then I'll still clean and I'll have it all done before she gets back from the store. So I start playing again. Turns out she had been delayed leaving for the store. And she comes into the, the room and she says, why are you playing the Nintendo? You're supposed to be cleaning your room. It's not all clean yet. Why, why are you doing that? Do you know my response? Because I thought you were at the store. Right? I mean, give me credit. I was an honest kid, right? Maybe not a smart kid, but I was an honest kid. I was like, I thought, you were at the, I thought no one was watching. Friends, here's a question for all of us. Do you like who you are when no one is watching? When you think about how you behave when you're on your best behavior in front of everybody and how you behave uh, when no one's watching, it's just you. Do you like who you are? Because character is who you are when no one else is watching, right? That's what character is. Uh, it's, it's who you are when no one else is watching. And so thankfully, in the book of Romans, Paul takes a section just to tell us how character is formed, and specifically how the character of Christ is formed in us. It, it's at the beginning of Romans 5, so we're going to pick up right there with verse 1. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to His grace, in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, 
knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. It's character. Did you hear that uh, there in verse 3 and 4? It's character that produces hope. If you need more hope in your life, you need to have character. It's going to be that character that you have that keeps hope alive when life is difficult. Now, how is that character formed? It goes, it goes back to verse 3. We also boast in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. So this world we live in is a, often allergic to suffering, right? Right? We do everything we can to not have to suffer. But Paul's telling us that it's what we're willing to suffer for, uh, that that's where endurance is formed. And then that we can't have character without that endurance. And then we can't have hope without that character. And it's important as we talk about developing character that we recognize what character we're trying to develop. The goal of the Christian life is to grow into the character of Christ. That, that's the goal. That's what we were created for. And the thing about our character is it's always changing, right? Uh, our, our character, we're always either going closer to Christ or we're going farther away from Christ. But this entire life, uh, our character is, is being formed. It's never set in stone. We've never suddenly arrived. And the amazing thing about Jesus was... and. God is that God's character is eternal. It's set. Jesus' character was tested every way you can possibly test character. Right? We're told he was so troubled by the sacrifice he was going to have to make that in the Garden of Gethsemane he became so disturbed that he prayed and his sweat became like drops of blood. But he still maintained true to who he was, to his values and his, his vision. He had that character in stone. Ours, ours isn't like that. Ours is constantly going one direction or uh, the, the other. And this is our whole life. We talk a lot about character development with kids and uh, youth. Uh, folks, th this lasts for all of life that our character is, is being developed. I, I've shared this with you before. I'm going to share it again because I just find it so fascinating. They've, they've done new study on the human brain. And they talk about there are times in life when the human brain is extra creative and particularly that's often when you're young and until you get to about 33. And did you know at 33, your musical preferences become set, right? I mean, think about it. Think about the music you liked when you were 33 and younger. It's probably still your favorite music, right? Top 40 after you're 33, just, it, it's okay. But, but it's just not what it used to be. It's not your music. And you're always telling the younger generations, yeah, you didn't grow up in the golden age of music, right? Um, or the golden age of comedy. Because that's, that's, that's when you were young. And Okay. Well, through our life, character is constantly developing. Our brain's constantly developing. Did you know that if you are healthy, uh, when you get into your 80s, your brain enters a new season of creativity in your 80s. And people who have... Uh, the wisdom to get to that point in life, they have all this wisdom accumulated from life and then they have this new level of creativity and they are able to make contributions to society uh, and to uh, help us think through problems and, and produce art and literature that is just phenomenal. I, I, I mean, amazing. 
But think if you got to 80 and you're like, you know what? I'm done. I'm just going to take care of myself now. I don't have anything left to contribute. Oh, our society would miss out on so much, right? We, we'd, miss out, we'd miss out on so much. We're always growing into the character of Christ. And the question for us is really, do you know Christ's character? Because if you know Christ's character, you know how far you have to go. And this is why we talk about needing to read the scriptures. Because the gospels are this incredible gift God's given us of helping us know the character of Christ. It's amazing that we have the gospels. When you look at the four gospels, they are some of the most historically accurate ancient documents the world has ever produced. There is nothing else like those about any major figure in the ancient world uh, going back to Christ but God's given us those. When you look at who Jesus was and how influential Jesus became, within a few decades of his death, there were hundreds of books written about Jesus. Hundreds. In fact, exponentially more was written about Jesus, a middle-class, somewhat obscure Jewish rabbi who was crucified and everybody thought he'd be forgotten about than there was about Genghis Khan, than there was about Alexander the Great, than there was about Julius Caesar. Uh, when historians go back, they can't believe the amount of literature created about Christ. And the early church knew about all that literature. And they took some of it and they said, no, 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 this is written for somebody else's agenda and this isn't actually historically accurate. Sometimes the History Channel will come out with stuff and they'll be like, new document discovered about Jesus shows more of who he really was. The church repressed this document and burned it, but we found it. That's not true at all. The church read it and they said, there's an agenda behind this one. Don't don't trust this one. It's like, it's like I'm always telling uh, younger guys, hey, when you're dating a girl and you want to get serious, here's what not to say. Don't ever say God wants us to be together. God will tell her, right? You got an agenda. Don't, I, I get it. It's probably a godly agenda. Don't tell her that. The church looked at some stuff and they're like, they're using Jesus for a political agenda here. No, no, no. We're, we're, not, we're not messing with this. Then the church looked at other stuff and they're like, this is great devotional writing. We, we write a daily devotional here at the church, right? It's devotional writing about Jesus. Hopefully, uh, most of it is true about Jesus. But it's not scripture. And then the early church looked at the, these four gospels that talked about Jesus' life. And they said, these go back. These were all formed by people who either knew Jesus or they were recording the teachings of someone who knew Jesus. And these are the ones that tell the agreed-upon story of what really happened. And when historians look at them, they are amazed at how much they agree on the story of, of what happened with Jesus. And if you don't know that story, and you're not reading the Scriptures, you're not going to be able to know the true character of Christ. And if you know the true character of Christ, you know how far you have to go to get there. It's Mother Teresa who famously said, 
on the scale of humanity with Hitler on one end and Jesus on the other, I am closer to Hitler than I am to Jesus. And we say, Mother Teresa, how could you say that? It's because she knew, she studied, she gave her life to the character of Christ. And we lift her up as an incredible example of compassion, as an incredible example of love, as an incredible example of someone seeking justice, as an incredible example of courage, because she was focused on the character of Christ, but because she was focused on the character of Christ, she knew how far she had to go to get there. Now, if you're not in the scriptures, then you're going to make the character of Christ whatever you want it to be, whatever your agenda is. And remember, there were those who did that in the early days, and the church threw that out and said, no, that's not Christianity. That's not, that's not what we are about, right? Well, the question we really have to ask ourselves here is, do we know the character of Christ or are we just making it up? Because I'll tell you, when I read the scriptures, I look at Jesus and I've never stopped being offended by Jesus. I'm never going to stop being offended but when he says, love your enemy. I'm never going to stop being offended when he says, turn the other cheek. I'm never going to stop being offended when he says, pray for those who persecute you. I'm never going to stop being overwhelmed and in awe of the way he loved Jewish people and Greek people, of the way he loved religious people and non-religious people, of the way he loved rich people and poor people. That's never going to stop amazing me. And I'm never going to stop thinking how different I am than that, but how much I want to be like that. And hopefully in heaven someday, uh, that'll that'll be easy. On earth, it's going to be a struggle, but it's that struggle uh, that produces our character. And ultimately... If you have read the scriptures, it's important that we know who Jesus is, but character is more than that. Character isn't just about believing something new. It's about becoming something new, right? How many times have you been in a situation where you knew the right thing to do and you still didn't do it? You knew the right thing to do. You may have even wanted to do the right thing, but you didn't do it. It's about becoming something new. I was talking to a guy recently who's an orthodontist. Apparently, in the life of our parenting journey, I'm in a season where I'm going to be talking to orthodontists uh, for a while. And he was telling me, he said, you know, when we put braces on, we're not just moving teeth around. I'm like, now, I'm like, now wait a second. Uh, that, that's kind of what we're here for, right? For you to move some teeth. He goes, no, no, no. If we could move teeth around, it, it, it wouldn't ultimately do the job. He said, we're putting pressure on teeth. And by putting pressure on those teeth, we are literally reshaping the form and structure of the bones of the jaw so that everything can be in alignment. We're reshaping the bone. We're just doing it by putting pressure on teeth. It's about becoming something new. Creating a new foundation that wasn't there before. Orthodontists do it for your mouth. Jesus does it for your life, becoming something new so that in those situations, you naturally gravitate that way. Some of you have gotten to meet our bishop, uh, Bishop uh, Deborah Wallace Padgett, an amazing spiritual leader of the churches of Holston Conference, East Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. She's preached here at the church, did so last year. I hope you had the chance to, to meet her. I've seen her in some situations where there was a lot of conflict in the room. And I've been amazed by her spiritual maturity and how she handles it. When, when emotions are getting high and people are getting worked up, 
She can be so kind and so gracious and so firm at the same time. Without ever being mean, she can be firm, but she's also being gracious and she's being humorous. And where people are trying to pull one another apart, she's helping us all come back together. And I got to talk to her the other day. And I said, Bishop, I'm just, I really admire how you can graciously be firm. And can you, can you tell, I'd like to be able to do that. How'd you learn to do that? I was looking for a skill set. And you know what she did? She just stopped. And she said, I hadn't ever thought about that. I hadn't ever thought about that. And at first I was like, eh, you can't, what? You just don't want to share your trade secrets? Like, come on. And then, she, then I realized, oh my goodness, she hasn't. This is just her character. This is just who she is. This is just how she's been shaped by Christ. This, yeah, yeah, there's some skill involved, but this is a character thing. Character is about becoming someone new. And here's how it's formed. Remember, we boast in our sufferings, Romans 5, 3. We boast in our sufferings because suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. Your character is produced by those things you are willing to suffer for, right? Whatever you're willing to suffer for, it's something. There's something you're whatever it is, that's what your character is going to become. So the question is, are we willing to, to suffer for Christ? I mean, that, that's just how life works, right? What you suffer for becomes your character. One of the things that we, we really love, one of our real things we, we value greatly is we love living in a house where we have big old trees in our yard. Uh, sometimes they come in, they build houses, they knock down all the old trees. Uh, it wasn't a deal breaker for us, but when we saw these big old beautiful trees, we said, yes, we'd really like a yard like that if, if that's possible. If there's a house that goes with it, that's okay. Well, this thing happens when you have old trees. There's a price to pay, right? And your price is leaves. And so you pay that price about this time of year. And recently, uh, a bunch of leaves fell, but our grass had still been tall and we hadn't knocked it down for the last time. And we thought, we got to get these leaves up. And my wife went out and, I mean, she spent hours and hours and hours one morning, got up early, got all the leaves cleared off. I, I was at work that day and I came home and the, the, all the leaves were cleared off. The yard was mowed and I came home to grab lunch. It was, it was gorgeous. It, it was beautiful. And I was like, that's, that's amazing. And, you know, uh, she's like, yeah, there's a price I paid for that, right? Well, I go back to work and I come home at four o'clock in the afternoon. I cannot see the grass, Right? <laughs> Already again, like leaves, leaves down. It's the price you pay, but that's our value. So we pay the price because that's a character is what you're willing to suffer for, right? And if you're, if you're willing to suffer to be like Christ, if, if you're willing uh, to say the true thing when it costs you and it's not popular, rather than the easy untrue thing that makes everybody smile and pat you on the back, uh, if if you want to be like Christ and learn to love your enemy and your, your neighbor, or if you want to just uh, feel good about your neighbor uh, and say bad things about your enemy to make yourself feel better, the question is, which one of, what one of those are you willing to suffer for? Are, are you willing to suffer to, to be more like Christ? 
We, we're going to have an opportunity at the end of the service today in just a few moments to come and bring our financial commitment cards forward showing how uh, we feel God leading us to support the ministries of the church uh, in, the, in, in the coming year. Uh, and as we do so, I'm aware that much of what we're doing is we're forming character. We're saying, Jesus, I'm willing to suffer a little bit by, by going without some uh, in order to show you that I value you, in order to show you that everything I have is a gift from you, in order to make sure that there's this church that when people need a church can love people the way I've been loved here. And there's a church that doesn't just take care of the physical or the spiritual needs of people, but tries to take care of both so people can come and they can get food and, and they, can, they can get help and they can... Uh, you know, get shelter, but they can also get a community of people that love them. And, and they can hear the story about Jesus uh, and how to accept his saving grace. Uh, we're, we're doing that. And there, there's this word we, we used to call that, stewardship. We often talk about generosity now, uh, but stewardship, and it's this old word, and some people say, don't use that anymore. It's too churchy. People don't know what it means. Well, I'll just explain what it means because I love that word. What stewardship means is it means we're stewards, we're trustees of something that's been given to us, that our resources are blessings given to us by God, that our time and our talents and our passions, they're resources given to us by God, and we have a responsibility to use those for God's purposes right? Uh, that, that they've been given to us for a purpose. Uh, character is formed by suffering for a purpose. We have these gifts for a purpose, and what we do with them shapes our character. Uh, a while back, I was talking to somebody, they, they were into uh, investments, and before they talked about investments, they were talking about fiduciary responsibility, and they had to say like this paragraph about fiduciary responsibility before they could tell you any about investment. And what that means is uh, the ethical responsibilities of those who help you uh, with, with your resources, right? And uh, how they recognize it's somebody else's resources they're working with and their responsibilities. And they got done and they're like, I'm so sorry. That's the boringest thing you'll hear all day. I just had to tell you about it. And I'm sitting there going, that was great. That, that's stewardship. Like, that's Christianity. We've been given a gift we didn't deserve. We have a responsibility. We've been given a gift. It's not ours. We have a responsibility, right? And what we do with the gifts we've been given, how we're willing to suffer to use them to glorify God and to bless others, that shapes our character. So today, in a moment, you're going to have an opportunity to come forward with a commitment card. If, if you brought one, some of you have already turned them in online. If you didn't bring one, but, but you'd like one, we have some there uh, out, outside in the, the lobby. Uh, we're challenging our church this year uh, to everyone, hey, whatever percentage you've been given, let, let's go up one more. And, and my wife and I have been tithing 10% ever since we were married. Uh, we're going we're to go up one and, and make, make our commitment because I can tell you uh, that uh, this church, like it, it's... It's not just a place I work. This is my church. This is my community of faith. Uh, I, I try to do everything I can uh, to lift you up uh, and to help you follow Christ. Uh, you have no idea how much you lift me up. You have no idea how much you help me follow Christ. You have no idea how much the love of this place means to me and, and my family. This is our church just like it's, it's your church. And I'm so thankful uh, that we can help support the church. I'm so thankful that when we when we come and we give our commitments that really what we're doing 
is we're forming character, right? We're forming generosity. Uh, we're saying, Jesus, we're willing to do this because we want to become people not just who are generous when people are looking and when you're supposed to be, but when, when no one's looking. Uh, that's, that, that's, that's who we want to be. And we have so many examples of that. I had somebody at church uh, the other day come up to me and said, hey, Will, be sure to tell them this. And I, I'm always careful with that, right? But, but, but he said to me, don't, don't ever tell them to give till it hurts. Always tell them, give till it stops hurting, right? Give until it just becomes a joy, until it just, just becomes who you are. And in whatever ways we sacrifice, giving our resources, giving our time, giving our talents to bless others, what, what we're doing is we're creating character. We have a God whose generosity we can never exceed. He gave us his only son. Everything we have is a gift, and this is our chance to give back. So let's, let's pray together. Gracious God, we come before you today. We ask, Lord, that the character of Christ would be formed in us, that we would have the courage to speak the truth in love when lies would be much easier to tell, that, God, we would have the strength uh, to stand up for justice when injustice is, God, the most popular opinion of the day. God, that we would have the wisdom to make time to seek you when the world around us is so busy and forgetful of your presence. Lord, that we would cultivate love for rich and poor, for Christian and non-Christian, uh, for uh, male and female, uh, for people of all ages, nations, and races, just the way your son did, that his character would be formed in us. This is our prayer. We know how far we are from it, but we know the power of your spirit. And we know that if you will just move our character, if you will, you will just shape it a little bit more like the character of Christ, God, we know the blessings that will flow will be more than we ever could have asked for or imagined. And so we pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.